welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. By now, you probably know my name is Rick McClatchy. I'm a staff pastor here at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House in Portland, Oregon. Uh, you can find out more about the church at our website, manorhouse.church. We also have a pretty sweet app you can check out. So really welcome in today. Our heart here at the Growing Faith Podcast is to really just help equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So um, I always like to say it's like just the average Joe in church being able to to do the ministry that Jesus has called them to because Jesus is just crazy enough to invite us to be a part of his team. And that is a crazy, ridiculous uh, honor and privilege and quite the responsibility, to be quite honest. So um, it's such a big responsibility. I don't want to do it alone. And so I invited my friend Jason Schleichart in for yet another episode to actually continue our conversation that we started uh, last time about our care, coach, and develop model for how we do Dream Team. And we've been specifically talking in the realm of small group leaders and coaches. So welcome in, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me again. You know, the sun's shining, God's on the throne, and uh, today's a good day to have a good day. And now people totally know when we are recording this because there aren't that many sunny days. So they're going to look at their calendar and go, oh, that's when they were recording that episode. <laughs> that's probably right. The, the fall spring in Oregon. Yes. It's like the, oh, just kidding. And then <laughs> the rain comes back. And so, um, so here we are. Last episode, we spent time um, talking about the first part of Care, Coach, and Develop. We talked about yeah. care. And we talked about it first because it's really of primary importance. And I love where you kind of landed towards the end of that episode, talking about the fact that you might not ever get to uh, the other points in sure. in the care in the care coach develop process in every meeting when you're connecting with people. Um, why why is that? Like refresh my memory on why why do you say that? Why why wouldn't you maybe get to the next steps in the process? Well, I just, again, modeling what Jesus modeled is just caring for the person and meeting them right where they are. Jesus had an incredible, incredible ability to just meet people exactly where they are. The woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood, you know, the, the, the parents that bring their son, their, their blind and deaf son to them. I mean, just meet them right there. And so you, when you're meeting with your small group leaders or any other of your dream team leaders, and you dive into this thing called care, just caring for them as a, a, a person, a man, a woman, a husband, a wife. And, and all of a sudden you unearth stuff in their life. Man, I, the first thing we owe ourselves to is to just come alongside them right there with whatever it is they're dealing with. The death of a family member, a financial crisis, sickness, whatever it is. I think that's such a great point because I think if we were to use... Just one of those examples that you brought up, the woman with the issue of blood, um, just the, you know, it says that over, I think it was like 12 years that she had been um, kind of struggling with this whole thing. And uh, I think it means even uh, references that she'd pretty much spent all that she had trying to get help in this arena. And if you just think about what her capacity to help others and to serve others was so dramatically limited by this thing that yeah. if we... If we ignore it and we don't like address the thing that is in their life that is holding them back, we actually kind of cripple our ability to even empower them 
to do the work that God's called them to do because we don't take the time to address the issue that is like the primary presenting issue. So I guess all of that to say, right, care is the the primary thing. And then we would actually say that care is the foundation that drives coaching and developing. That if you're not caring for them, you can't coach them and you can't develop them, at least not in a healthy, really appropriate way. Um, It has to be built on the foundation of really caring for the person. So um, I think if we're realistic, we're probably only going to get through talking about coaching today. So we're just going to focus our time um, on that topic. So as we jump into, again, we're going to just try to limit our focus on how we talk about this topic by uh, thinking through the scope of a, a small group coach. Yeah. So they are coaching small group leaders, and, and th- that's where we're going to start. So Jason, why don't you just walk me through how, how would you talk to, encourage a small group coach to actually step into this uh, this role of coaching them. Now, now we're like, Hey, you're, you're a small group coach. Congratulations. And they're like, uh, I, I've never coached a game. I've never coached a thing. What, and how do I do this? What do I do? Well, I, I, I love that you use the coaching in the game, you know, concept. Cause I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll tee off of that. They, uh, you know, caring is for the person's personhood, their, their, their individual personhood. I mean, their heart, their soul, their family, their life. Uh, when you're talking about coaching, we're talking about coming alongside them in the area that they serve, in the task, the function. Mm-hmm. So, again, using that example, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a football coach, I'm going to care for my players. I'm going to care for them personally, what they're going through. How's their wife? How's their kids? How's, how's you know, things going? But now I'm going to coach them. I'm going to coach them and they're a linebacker or they're a quarterback. That's their task. That's their function. And I'm going to come alongside them and help them do that to their absolute best abilities. And uh, uh, so we want to come alongside them and coach them. Yeah. Coach them up. And it, it will look different. And, we'll, you know, you and I can have some dialogue about that. But, you know, if if I'm coaching a brand new small group leader, well, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be pretty, pretty basic. You know, right. just, just yep. you know, they're going to things that they're going to struggle with, things that they're going to be afraid of are going to be totally different than, man, I got a veteran small group leader that's been doing it for 10 years, you know, and yeah. they uh, I'm coaching them totally different. So uh, so that's kind of a that'd be a, a big overview. Yeah. And I always say one important thing to go to for re- really probably coaching any level of leader is to always make sure that we're always kind of hitting on the fundamentals. Uh, like Pastor Mark here at Manning House, he likes to talk about just make sure you know how to dribble the ball, you know, because yeah. in basketball, it doesn't matter what kind of a crazy dunk you think you can do, your fancy no-look passes or anything. If you don't know how to dribble the ball, you can't move the ball down the court, you can't actually score any points, and it's kind of a problem. It's the most basic part of it, but if we forget that, if we forget to give time and attention to making sure that those skills are honed, then then we're going to be kind of a miss in the, in the trying to win the game. Right. So, um, so for me, I like to set people up like, Hey, I just want to start out by reminding you as a small group leader, what are the three main jobs? And again, this is for Manor house. So other churches out there, they might have slightly different, you know, 
core pieces to what a small group leader is responsible for. So give us a little leeway here. Um, I think you'll like the three that we use because they're just so basic for small groups. One, uh, a small group leader needs to meet regularly with their people. Um, that seems kind of a no-brainer, but we say it anyways just to make sure they know how to bounce the ball. Um, number two is to pray for the members in their group by name every single day. Um, and then number three is to help people identify and take their next step in their relationship with Jesus, making sure that our small groups are not just a great place to connect with people, right. build relationships, but that we are connecting them to life. You know, like we yeah. want people to have life-giving relationships and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we need to make sure that we're connecting them to Jesus in that process. So how would you, taking those three things, um, how would you begin to maybe walk a small group leader through those basics um, in, in coaching them in that? Yeah, so I just, you know, as you kind of dovetailing, coming right off a conversation with them about their life and how things are going and caring for them and, you know, things are good, you know, we just transition. I might just say, hey, tell me about your group. How's your group going? Yeah. You know, and let them begin to wade into, uh, you'd be surprised. This stuff will just kind of come out naturally, you know. Well, haven't met in several weeks, you know. Okay, well, it, that's something I'm making a mental note of, you know, <laughs> yeah. to talk to them about that. Right. Or they might say, uh, yeah, we're doing good, you know, the group's been meeting regularly and uh, so, you know, from there, you just got to kind of navigate it. So group's going good. Okay. Yeah. Then I'd say, I, I might ask other questions. Hey, how's attendance? What are you covering? Uh, just stirring them, challenging them to think about it. You know, how, mm -hmm. you know, how's it going? And, and, and so I'm really just those three keys that we talked about for groups. I'm just in a very relational, conversational way. I'm just going through those and, yeah. and not being afraid to circle back or ask deeper questions when I'm, I'm not sure of the answer or their answer is not, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, sufficient to me. Right, right. Uh, like, well, we haven't met in six weeks. Okay. Well, that'd be a problem. Help you me know? understand so, that. <laughs> you know, so and not being afraid to say, uh, you know, hey, how, how come you guys haven't been meeting? Maybe it's, you know, everyone left Some, the country. I mean, I don't a, know. Somebody had a baby and so. there was a, whatever. Yeah, totally. There might, I, I like to use the phrase, help me understand. Hey, you mentioned that you hadn't met in six weeks. Um, help me understand what's going on there. You know, is there anything I can help you with? Anything that is kind of standing in your way? So they don't feel like you're coming down on them, but you're coming alongside them. Um, and I think I was just thinking as you were mentioning the whole coaching picture, um, it's pretty hard to coach a player that you've never watched play. Right. Um, and so I think that there's something really key to be said about making time as a coach to schedule in some time to see them play the game. Um, so, hey, when does your group meet? I'd love to come and hang out with you guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, build a relationship with their small group people. And also then you get to see how they're, how they're pastoring people, how they're leading people, how they handle group structure, how they handle group discussions, how they, whatever, all the different pieces that go into play. So I just, uh, it kind of popped out in my mind as you were saying that. I'm like, hmm, that's a good point. You can't coach someone if you've never seen them play. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, we have different things that we can talk to them about. Do they have an assistant small group leader? 
Um, do you want to jump on that topic for a minute and just talk about wh what is the value? Why would it be important for me to encourage them to have an assistant um, in a small group kind of? Oh, wow. Well, there's, I mean, there'd be several reasons. I mean, one is, you know, God's kingdom is a multiplying, increasing, expanding kingdom. So you always want to be thinking pipeline. I mean, uh, just from a multiplication and growth strategy. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, who's going to be there? Our next connect group leaders or small group yeah. leaders. I mean, you know, if you if you're not thinking about it, if you're not looking for them, you're not going to find them. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also for them personally. We want every person to grow in their relationship to Christ, right. and you know, you know, you, you get the basic Christian foundations down. Uh, kind of that next step is to begin to step out and use your gifts to lead and, 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 and uh, you know, carry, cater, carry greater influence and measure. And so, uh, you know, and then the third thing that's probably a benefit is, you know, we, 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 kind of the mantra we say, you know, nobody, nobody should do life alone. Nobody should lead alone. I mean, you know, to have somebody alongside you that's, that's helping you, right. helping you carry the group. So, uh, absolutely. Like, you know, who are you bringing next to you and, and giving maybe some smaller pieces of leadership? They're not leading the group. They're not in charge of leading the whole discussion. But, you know, uh, you know, maybe they're helping you with some of the pastoral care and the prayers and the, the phone calls, you know, uh, maybe they're doing portions of the night, you know, right, opening right. in prayer, closing in prayer. Uh, announcements if you know your group does announcements right. yep. I mean it just depends on what the group looks like but uh, but just bringing someone along that's you know mm -hmm. that's maybe not as far along as you are yeah and if they bump you and be like well I mean gosh everybody's busy I don't want to put that extra burden on someone um, I think it's actually uh, I mean you you kind of experience this at almost any level of leadership just realizing you become the the lid or the bottleneck in a sense of that area if you're not willing to release some of the control some of the authority some of the empowerment to other people to help make things happen and so um, it actually is it's actually selfish to not yeah uh, equip an assistant because you're then keeping everything to yourself not allowing other people to step in even if sometimes you're you're having to push them outside of their comfort zone to step into that thing because um, I, I like on Facebook, there's always this picture that goes around that has this circle and inside the circle it says comfort zone. And then there's this X way outside of the circle and it said, there's a little arrow that points to it that says where all the magic happens. That all the magic happens, you know, outside of your comfort zone when you're willing to take that risk, step out of the boat, if you will. Um, and so we need to be able to lovingly and encouragingly press people to step outside of their comfort zone to step into some things that I, we really believe God's calling them to because God didn't, uh, you know, Jesus didn't say, hey, stay comfortable, convenient, and easy and fun. He said, go, go that's into right. all the world and make disciples. And really that's what, what we're trying to do here. That's why the third part of being a small group leader is helping people identify and take their next step in their relationship with Jesus that's a really long way of saying uh, make disciples. You know, we want people to be disciples of Jesus. So uh, we're trying to coach people to do those simple things. Meet with people, pray for them, 
and help them take their well you can almost see there's this there's this theme here we sure. want people to become more like Jesus and really that that then spills over into any dream team model right we want to care and coach and develop anybody on any team across our church because we want people to know that they're loved and cared for first and foremost we want them to be excellent at the thing that God has called them to do and then we want to see their life developed in in what God has created them for in the function that he has designed them for yeah <clears throat> yeah the uh you know one other thing too side note is you know at mana house we have really as a sub part of caring coaching and developing and primarily the caring excuse me the coaching aspect is we've we, we're adopting this idea of of of, of feedback of, of uh, praising people and then also giving feedback, you know, uh, yeah. uh, constructive criticism, uh, so to speak, uh, and 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 recognizing through this coaching deal, uh, w when they're communicating to you wins or high points, things that are, are should be celebrated, behaviors that are like good behaviors, they're like great right. leadership behaviors. Those need to be high praised right then in the moment. Yeah, you know, so uh, congratulating them, telling them that's amazing. Keep doing that. Uh, you know, they're a great leader. I mean, it's all the different ways we can to communicate that, that, that that's amazing. You're amazing. What you're doing is amazing. Uh, but then, of course, the flip side is is being willing to uh, 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 to give correction. You know, now uh, that sounds a little that sounds a little scary to me. Um, I, we probably have all had those experiences, that person that, you know, pretty much chopped your arm off, you know, because, uh, you know, you, whatever, you stepped outside of the line, you did something maybe not quite the way it was supposed to be done. So I could imagine, you know, somebody going, uh, no, I don't like that. And so help me understand what is a great way for us to be able to, to coach someone when it is really, they, They've done something that isn't the best way for it to be done. How do you walk them through that process? I, I, I think a good model for that is one, first just 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 assume that there was a miscommunication or a lack of understanding the expectation. And I tend to take that responsibility on myself. Yeah. By simply saying, you know, uh, so let's go back to our example. So they're not meeting regularly. The group's mm -hmm. not meeting regularly. You know, I'll say, you know, I, I apologize. Maybe I didn't make myself clear in group leader training or, yeah. you know, the last time we met. You know, but our goal here at Manor House, our objective is uh, uh, to build community and to do life together. And you really have to do that with regular occurrences. So, you know, that's why we want our groups to meet regularly. Mm -hmm. And 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 then say so. So I need you to make that correction. I need you to start having your group meet every other week or regularly, whatever that is. And then kind of follow that up with. And I know you can do this. I know you're yeah. you're, you're incredibly hospitable. You're a great leader. You know you you love people and just reaffirm that they can do that. Yeah, I I love that. I, I it's like a life giving. Um, redirect in a sense like hey 
you know what, man, I appreciate I appreciate that you've taken the time to go through group leader uh, training. I appreciate the fact that, man, you filled out the form and got your group on the group website and you like you've done all of these things. If you just made I know it's almost sounds silly to use this example, but if you just made this one adjustment, Jason, and you you got your group meeting regularly, like every week or every other week. You might be just shocked, floored at the kind of progress and growth you would see in yourself and also in the people that you're inviting to your group. And, and so it's like you don't even hardly spend time on the fact, oh, man, you're not meeting. What are you thinking? What are you doing? You point them to why, why the way we're trying to steer them towards is the win. Right. So we're not telling them don't do this. We're saying wow, do this, and here's why, because it's going to really make you successful. Um, so I love what you're saying is, uh, one, setting some goals, like we're setting goals for them that are you know uh, specific, measurable, um, attainable, uh, you know, realistic, and timely, like we, we give them targets to aim at, um, and then we congratulate and encourage and celebrate the wins yeah. when they're accomplishing those goals. And then life-givingly, you know, we redirect them at times when maybe they're missing the mark so that they are, are gain, gaining the, the skills and, and tactics. Because as a coach, you're doing that stuff, you know, the, the, in, on the baseball field. Like, man, your approach on that grounder was flawless. Great job. Keep up the good work. Hey, when you were going for that fly ball, you know, you didn't keep this in mind. And boy, if you made this one small adjustment... You know, you put that you know that second hand on the ball when you catch yeah. it. Make sure it doesn't fall out of your glove. You're gonna you're gonna really go a lot further. You're gonna increase your you know your fielding percentage and get that gold glove. Whatever, all those kinds of things. Um, I think that's a great a great package where we tell them where we want them to go, then we help measure it along the way by encouraging the things that they're hitting out of the ballpark, and then lovingly redirecting those things that are not quite hitting the mark. Did you have any any other points along those lines that you would want to well, kind of throw in yeah, there? Yeah, just one thing, and that's that, you know, we all have been in those scenarios, whether it's, you know, it's pretty common in our workplaces, you know, in corporate, co- corporate America. Uh, you know, you get your end of year review and you think you're going to go in and just get beat up. You know, for yeah. you know, for, for for your performance, and uh, you know, so so with praises and redirects, I think that the real key is to do it, to do it as soon as possible. You know, when you hear the thing to celebrate, praise right then. You know, when something needs to be redirected, do it immediately. You know, uh, and the bottom line is, none of us, we kind of feel like we don't like it. You know, our cultures, right. we don't right. like it. Yep. But I think if we're really real and honest, we all like to know what are the goals, what yeah. are the expectations, and then along the way, we all like to know, man, am, am I doing good, or mm-hmm. am I doing, am I close, you know? And right. uh, and this just totally solves that. You just, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you're right on, or you're, you know, you're just a just a little bit off. Make this one adjustment, you know, and and people really appreciate that. So. Yeah, and as a leader, it help. I mean, it helps you be a better leader when you've made yourself clear on what the goals are, because then you even have parameters to sure. even offer to offer the redirect. If I haven't clearly stated the target that we're shooting at, how in the world 
can I help you aim better? Like, that's just a, that's just silly. And so we have to yeah. make sure that we're setting uh, help in, in, and really get the leader involved in the setting of those goals. So not even like autocratically just being like, here's what you got to do, you know, and set those goals. You have the general, general foundational pieces of what you do. Um, but then you're right, just the nitty gritty kind of flows out of all the care and the conversations that you have there. Um, but when we've set the target and they know where they're aiming at, then we're able to uh, really be better leaders and then get better product, uh, which is transformed lives, really, because we we create a great pipeline for the Holy Spirit to be able to flow through in these scenarios. And I think that, uh, man, if there's something worth investing our hearts into, it's investing our hearts into this, the work of, of seeing the kingdom of God extended uh, in our churches, in our cities, and in our neighborhoods, and all that kind of stuff. You know, you grow people, you'll grow husbands, you'll grow wives, you'll grow marriages, you'll grow a church. You yeah. know, just grow people. Yep, yep. <laughs> so good. I think that's a great, uh, great note to land on there. So uh, we've talked about, you know, overall the the dream team culture is to to care, to coach, and develop. We're gonna go ahead and pick up the develop. Uh, thought process uh, on on another episode. Again, Jason Swan, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and invest uh, invest in the audience. Um, I hope that you've been able to take some notes on what we've talked about today, that it would help grow and increase who you are and your skill and ability to help care for the people of God that God has placed in your in your acre that you're tending. So we just pray God's blessing to rest upon your lives today, that he would bless you, keep you, and make his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you and give you peace. Um, and, and we're just excited that if any of this uh, material <clears throat> excuse me, is benefiting you, that you'd like, share, comment, uh, rate the rate the podcast. Just get the word out that we're here and uh, that the material is beneficial. It'd be so awesome to have you help us in that way. And uh, so again, Jason, thanks again. Look Absolutely. forward to having you join in again. And with that, we just say God bless you and have the most amazing day. <laughs>